We all love great tools that save us time and money. And you probably heard Mark complain about it in previous episodes, but I spend a lot of money buying all sorts of plugins, software as a service, etc. So in this episode, I decided to make this waste of money useful for you and share our favorite WordPress plugins of 2019. Let's get started. Welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast. No hype, no BS, no censorship. Just real-life online marketing tactics. And now your hosts, Gail Breton and Mark Webster. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Authority Hacker Podcast. Again, I'm with Mark today. Nothing changed. Welcome back, Mark. People complained that we didn't make any kind of cringy intro for a while, so I decided to just, you know, throw a little bit in that. So how has your day been going? Fantastic. Thanks for asking. Really appreciate that. How about you? No, not bad. It's like I was really tired. We were supposed to do this podcast yesterday, but I was really tired. I, I like to like have a high energy when we do this podcast. No, we, we were supposed to do this podcast last week, two times. I think this is the fourth attempt. So hopefully we get it done. Hopefully it doesn't suck because like if you push it back this long, you know, I hope it at least is decent, you know. So but I think people like tools. I think it's an easy one, to be honest. We're like kind of taking the easier out here, but I think you might pick up some tools here. There's a bunch you might know if you've been in this for a while. But uh, I think what's important is what we say about each tool and what we like and how we use them. I, I actually think this is particularly useful because it's been really has been a while since we've gone in detail about the ones we use like at the moment. I think the last stack of plugins that we announced, that we talked about, probably like half of them aren't there anymore. And we've, we've shifted a lot. Yeah, I mean, it's, it also depends on what you're doing on your site, etc. And uh, there's been a lot of cool stuff. The recommended tool page on Atari is actually quite up to date. It's quite close to a lot of the things we talk about. So uh, when we refreshed the website, I actually redid that page completely and redid the whole selection there. So if you go on the recommended tool page on Atari Hacker, you'll find more tools. We won't talk about all of them. Today, we're only talking about WordPress plugins. If this podcast episode does well, then maybe we'll do, we'll do the other types, like the software as a service or something. But today, there's one that you could argue is a software as a service. But anyway, let's go. We have 14 to talk about. So let's start now. And the first one, we've talked a lot about it. So it's not really a surprise. We're going to start easy. And that's uh, Elementor Pro. We use Elementor Pro pretty much on every site we work on these days. It doesn't mean we use it for to build every page. It just means that we like to use it for a homepage. We like the team builder. The team builder is really good. It allows you to like, you know, make custom post templates, etc. So if you've seen, for example, the reviews on Atari Hacker, you will see that they don't look like a WordPress post. It's like, you know, I looked at these big sites like CNET, etc. And, you know, they kind of have this big header with the, the logo of the company they review and then some kind of call to action, some summary. And then after the review comes or like some embedded videos, etc. We have all of that on Atari Hacker now. And it was all built with the team builder. So it's quite powerful. They have pop-ups as well, which uh, is... Pretty good, but not perfect. We'll talk about that at the end. But we have been using it for some stuff. What I like about Elementor as well is it's reliable, right? So we've used a lot of page builders in the past. And, you know, we've had issues pretty much with everything we've tried. Elementor, like, honestly, we've done, like, multiple launches. There was never any, like, big issue. Like, I'm not saying that there wasn't some glitches here and there, but, like, there was never something that we could blame back to them that was like a big issue with our business, whether that's like affiliate reviews, sales pages, whatever, pages with a lot of traffic. Even PageSpeed was quite okay, actually. And PageSpeed is okay with Elementor. It's not perfect. It's still a page builder. It would still slow down a little bit your site. I think like, again, like if you just put a page with Elementor and you add no element to that page, your page is going to slow down less than 0.1 second. If you make a page with like every element Elementor has, yes, it's going to get slow, etc. But it really depends what you put on the page. If you put custom HTML, 
kind of same logic applies to. So it's not as clean as pure HTML, but the site speed trade-off is worth it for me because it's clean enough. And also the speed of building stuff is really good. So they have a lot of cool stuff, like the right-click. So you can right-click to like copy-paste elements like you would on a Word document. But you can also right-click to copy the style of elements and paste the style. So let's say you have product feature boxes or like product, you know, something that's like highlighting a product that you want people to click to for uh, an affiliate link or something. And you style one really well, but you have nine more to do below. You don't need to go to each one and like do each one or like even duplicate it. You can just copy and then paste, 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 paste. And it just doesn't change the content of the box. It just changes the way it's displayed and the style to match the, the style of the box that you copied from. And that saves so much time when you build like more complex pages, etc. It's really good, actually. And uh, from, they also have a finder. So if you use a Mac, you know how it works. Like you push command space and then you basically have a search engine for your computer that works really well. Well, they actually have that on Elementor as well. So I can actually, I can't remember the, I think it's like control common space or something, I can't remember. But I use it when I when I work heavily on sites. But essentially, it allows you to open any page in Elementor that you want. So let's say I'm like writing a blog post and I want to find another blog post maybe edited to add an internal link there. I literally just press that shortcut and then type the name of the blog post and press enter and it opens it in a new tab in Elementor and I can go and edit that content. But it's really cool to like be able to navigate your site that way. So yeah, they, they, and also they update so much, it's quite good. I would also add to this that something which has changed since we initially started using page builders is that when we first got Thrive Architect or Thrive Page Builder, I think it was called initially. Thrive Content Builder. Thrive Content Builder, that's the one. We went with the view of let's how many elements can we like dump on the page? And we really went overboard with it. And that had a, a number of negative effects slowed it down a bit, not just in terms of load time, but also in terms of our time to produce it. We spent ages looking for people who knew how to use it or training people up how to, how to use it, when in fact, a better approach and one we're doing now is actually like simplifying a lot. I mean, sure, we have these cool review boxes and stuff on our, our reviews page, but the rest of it, you know, we're not just dumping elements in there because we have them. So it's kind of a bit of like knowing when to use it, when not to use it. Yeah, I think it's when you get the page builder for the first time, you're like, oh my God, I can do all these things, etc. And you do all of it. And you realize it makes a shit site. And then you don't do it anymore. And then you just say, I hate all page builders. And then you don't want to use any page builder. And then you're kind of like, well, there's probably somewhere in the middle where I could go. Or I can use some page builders, but like not go too crazy. That's usually the normal path of page builders. We've gone back and forth with like doing hardly anything than like having full-time designers design stuff and, and build custom code stuff and, and all that. And honestly, for a small to medium-sized business, like nothing has come close to the simplicity of Elementor for us and being able to deploy very good-looking landing pages, sales pages, review templates, these, these kinds of things. It's not just that. It's like uh, element, like you know, page builders. You used to like just build each page with your page builder, right? Whereas Elementor with the team builder is kind of a different approach. You can build the way the post looks, and then the next po- the next plugin I'm going to spoil is uh, Advanced Custom Fields, and so it allows you to create these like review templates, etc. And then once you input the content for that post, you, you actually use Gutenberg like the default WordPress editor and the custom fields that you've built for that post. But you, actually, the person that uploads does not even need to touch Elementor. So it's kind of like a higher level thing. It went up one level. Like it's almost taking the place of your theme now. 
And then when you input content, you can use the default WordPress content, et cetera, if you want to do that. And we have several sites that run that way. And it tends to be a simpler way of, of doing things and to not clutter your pages too much because you don't give like lower level people that build like your everyday pages the access to all this stuff. And so they don't do it essentially and they keep it simple. So that's really cool. And one last thing I want to say that's really good about Elementor is, is the fact that it's open source. So for example, if you go on the Atari Hacker blog now, we have a table of content. So on the right, you see you have a scrolling table of content, something that I've been a bit annoyed with with Elementor, like they don't have a table of content widget. So we actually hired a dev to build one for us and we were able, and now this table of content element is literally just an Elementor element that you can drag and drop on any page, the same way you can do with any other Elementor thing. So that's because it's open source. Most other page builders are not open source and you cannot do that. So the degree of flexibility is great, but it's also a degree of future-proofing because if Elementor goes under tomorrow and stops developing, we can still tweak it, edit stuff, etc., because it's open source. So it's not like our, our size that really on Elementor will be struggling, exposed to vulnerabilities, etc. The community can take it over and develop their own updates for it, and that's quite powerful to be able to do that. Another thing that I really like with Elementor that it allows us to do that I think SEOs will appreciate is the being able to build custom archive pages, custom category pages, and make clean silos. So you're able to like make pages with more than 10 posts on them. You're able to like make custom pages that will essentially rank for keywords. You know that default WordPress category pages are not exactly the best to rank on Google. But you can make pages with content on them. You can put call to actions. You can do all of that. So if you go on... Uh, they're not the best on Atari Hacker, but I'll show you an example. Uh, on AtariHacker.com slash affiliate marketing, you'll see that we have a little bit of that. We have like a template that we still need to build, but uh, we have a lot to do. But yeah, you can do these things and you can build these really, really clean silos that a lot of SEOs wish they could build, but don't really have a good idea how to do. We are due to start YouTube at some point soon. And that's actually one of the first videos I want to do, like uh, how to build silos with Elemental. I think a lot of people will be quite interested in that. So yeah, you can do that with it. So in terms of price, Elementor has a free version that's pretty good, but you don't have the pop-ups, you don't have the team builder, you don't have all of that. So really, if you are serious about using it, you should probably pay for it. It costs $49 per year per site. If you stop paying after a year, like most WordPress plugins, it's not like it, it will just cut and all your site dies. It's just you don't get the updates anymore. But if you're really on a budget or something, that's something you can do. You can buy one year and not renew. I think if you renew, they give you half price. So it's like 25 bucks per year for a site. It gets quite cheap. $99 for three sites and $199 for a thousand sites. It used to be unlimited, but like some people were just reselling, so they changed it to a thousand sites. And then people on Elementor Facebook complain. It's like, oh my God, $199 for a thousand sites. I'm like, seriously, if you have a thousand sites and you can't make $199, stop building websites. And I think that comment got like 50 or 60 likes when people were complaining or something. But yeah, like basically it's unlimited unless you're like a, a dodgy reseller. Two things I wish they had uh, to finish on Elementor is one, uh, analytics on pop-ups. We don't use Elementor for pop-ups anymore because they don't give you any insights on like, you know, your opt-in rate and all these things. And as a result, uh, it's really difficult to improve. So I'll tell you what we use after. And uh, same thing for some kind of integration with some A-B testing would be nice. It's, it's quite dodgy to do A-B testing on Elementor right now. You can use Google Optimize, et cetera, but I, they could make it simpler. So I wish... You know, that's the two things I wish they had. Otherwise, I'm pretty happy with it. You can pretty much build anything. 
Let's jump to ACF Advanced Custom Fields. And that's something that works together with Elementor. Essentially, that's what enables you to create these custom templates, right? So if you go, like, just go on Ahrefs Review on, on the Atari Hacker if you want to see an example of that. But you can see we have things like price per month. We have also, like, we have these four criteria with star ratings. I think it's like effectiveness, support, value for money, uh, price, and some other stuff. And so each one has like a little blurb. There's also a call to action with text on the button with all that. All of these are managed by custom fields, essentially. So when we open and manage to edit the post in WordPress, we have all these fields to fill, including the call to action text, etc. And then ACF allows you to, like you can fill these and then you can actually pull these from your elemental templates in your theme. And then it just like puts everything in the right place on the page. Your place, your page looks good. And all you need to work on is the WordPress editor. So that's quite powerful, highly recommended. And what's really good with that is that the free version is good enough for pretty much everyone. Uh, about the paid one, because it was discounted on Black Friday, I think, of course, because I'm wasting money on tools. I think now uh, one thing that it allowed me to do is like repeater fields, if I remember. Like if you want to do dynamic bullet points, for example, and you want to have different amounts of bullet points, you're able to do that with the paid version. And the paid version costs $25 lifetime for one site. So it's pretty cheap. Or you can buy $99 lifetime for unlimited sites. So it's, it's something that if you're going to do this for a long term, probably worth buying even without Elementor. Like people used to use that to create custom posts. So really quite powerful. The only thing I wish they did better was the interface is a bit confusing. It's just a lot of stuff and fields and everything to build this stuff. It's not the easiest to use, but it works well for us. We never had any problem. And the free version will do you well. Most of our sites still use the free version right now, actually. So that is it for ACF. Now let's talk about forms. We used to use Gravity Forms, but... Honestly, it hasn't been touched for a long time. Like Gravity Forms is like, it's kind of like using Thesis to build a WordPress site at this point. It's like, you're a little bit old school when you use that. It is still good, but I think WP Forms does a better job because the visual builder is like, it actually shows you what the, the form's going to look like on the front end. Whereas on Gravity Forms, you used to build it in an abstract way. Like they had their own builder and then you would put the shortcode and it would look different, etc. It wasn't so nice. Uh, so WP Forms gives you that plus a bunch of like cool options like lead recovery. If you have an agency, it's so powerful. Let's say someone starts filling your form but doesn't actually press the submit button. It actually still captures their email and stuff like that. And you can sync it to like your active campaign or whatever. And then just like try to get them to like email you back or like whatever. So if you're like, imagine when we had an agency, if we had that. That's pretty cool, actually. Yeah, I can just uh, imagine that, that would make quite a difference. Yeah, it's like even a couple of sales like from a like high-end service, it, it's a lot of money. So like just for that, I think for some businesses, it's just worth it. They have this conversational form. So I don't know if you've ever used that, but like, you know, you go, I think it's Typeform. Have you ever tried Typeform where, you know, like it basically takes your whole screen and then it's kind of like a chat. It asks you one question, you fill it, you press enter and it goes next. So it, it's built in as well. So you can like in one click, you can deploy these and you get a much higher conversion rate, which is quite good. There's a bunch of elemental add-ons that let you customize the style of the forms, which was a huge issue for a long time. Like you would get these form plugins, but they would just like not fit at all with the rest of your site. They use different fonts, they use different, and it just looks ugly as fuck. Like the submit button is like that old Windows 95 gray submit button, whatever. You can change all of this with a bunch of elemental add-ons, including one that's still Napsumo, I think, like ultimate add-on for elemental. So you can buy a lifetime for really cheap. So that's pretty cool. You can fit it in your site and there's a free version of it as well. So 
Yeah, the overall, that's pretty cool. The manage entries in WordPress is also quite good. You can stop spam with CAPTCHA. You can let people submit files and all that conditional logic, etc. The only thing is, like, if you start, if you, the free version is not enough for you, uh, it's quite expensive. But to be honest, Gravity Form was also quite expensive as well. So it's between $79 per year for, like, the smallest plan. It's not based on number of sites. It's based on features. And the biggest one is 299 per year, but they pretty much 50% of the time, they run 50% of discounts. So don't buy a full price, just buy it when it's discounted. Then it's it's acceptable, especially if you have like an agency and you want to capture these leads, et cetera, like it can make a difference. The only thing I wish they had, and honestly, like that would make it, that would be a huge deal for affiliate marketers, is the ability to customize comments. So one thing that I always want to do in my reviews, et cetera, is let people review the product in the comments. Instead of just dropping a comment, they can, like, they would be able to put like star ratings, et cetera. And there is a bunch of plugins, but they're all shit, to be honest. And they will slow down your site, et cetera. But I wish like a form plugin would just take this over and be like, you know what? We're going to allow you to customize the way comments look for different post types, et cetera. So you can actually, people can input like more valuable stuff and you can start like, Making a site like Captera, for example, which is like all like Glassdoor, that's only based on user reviews. You could be able to do something like that with this kind of plugin. And I feel like if they had that, then it would be pretty good, actually. There you go. WP Forms, if you're listening. Mm, yeah. <laughs> they actually want to do a giveaway with us. So um, so pretty sure they like, I'm sure we'll tweet at them and they, they somewhat listen and then just dismiss it. But yeah. So the next one is AAWP. What does it stand for, actually? Let me check. Amazon Associates for WordPress. Yeah, okay. Well, they were creatives. I think they're German. That makes a lot of sense. The naming committee was out in force on that <laughs> one, I think. Yeah. Nothing against German people. A lot of German people listen to us, guys. I'm sorry. Please don't trash me on Twitter. I'm just saying you guys are very organized. Anyway, it is probably the best Amazon WordPress plugin that there is out there for like doing affiliate widgets, etc. We've used it on several sites. And what I like is it actually uses the API properly, so it doesn't break the terms of service to like pull the images to your site, etc. So there's always like questions on the authorized site systems Facebook group where they're like, oh, like how do I make the screenshots of the items on the page, etc. It's like you should use Amazon's API to pull the image, otherwise you're breaking the terms of service and you might get banned and essentially not get paid anymore. They might even keep the money they owe you, so it's quite bad. So the two ways to do that is either take the links that Amazon gives you when you're an associate or use the API. But using the API, if you're not a developer, it's not exactly the easiest thing. So you need to go through a plugin usually. And there's a bunch of them. There's like EasyA Zone, et cetera. But the one that to me has been the most memorable is AAWP. The only way you could break the terms of service is if you're using heavy caching. And we'll talk about caching a little bit later. And normally with Amazon, you're not supposed to display the image, the price, et cetera, for more than 24 hours. Otherwise, essentially, you might be outdated and Amazon doesn't want that. So if you're caching and then it's not refreshing in the background, then essentially what can happen is you can be caching for more than 24 hours and then you're, you're breaking terms of service. Chances of getting banned for that are like probably 0.01%, especially if you're a small site. Yeah, it's very, very low. Like people just like steal Amazon's images and don't take the API, et cetera, and they're still fine most of the time. So I don't think you should worry too much about that. But if you want to be purely compliant, that's how you should do it. It's worth saying that in order to get access to the Amazon API for associates, there's a certain threshold of sales. It used to be they just let anybody in, like even with a new account. But that's changed now, so you need to have a bit of a history. I forget the exact numbers. Do you recall? Not exactly. I say, I mean, for us, we never had that issue because we already had the history as soon as they rolled it out. 
but I can't remember. I think it's like a thousand bucks of sales or something like, but you can Google it while I talk. Anyway, what's good as well is the widgets that they propose you, like you can do best X for Y comparison tables. So, you know, like, you know, these kind of like comparison tables that show you like the top 10 products, like the best, whatever mattresses for back pain, whatever it is. You can do comparison tables for two products, which is really powerful for like X versus Y. Let's say like latex mattress versus spring mattress, for example, really good type of keyword. Maybe you want to show one of each and you can put them side by side. There's a widget for that. You can fit your single product. So if you're making a list of products, that works as well. You can create widgets that highlight a product and then scroll with people. It's really easy to do that. Really powerful as well if you're getting a bunch of desktop traffic and you can make things like list of recommended products, which I would probably use in like how to post, for example. So let's say you have a tutorial like, oh, how to build a birdhouse for your garden, right? You will need these 10 items to build a birdhouse. And you can literally just make that list from AWP and put each item as an affiliate link. It's a good way to make money with an easy tutorial keyword. So overall, it works really well. Uh, the pricing is okay, I think. It's 39 euros per year for one site, 99 for three sites, and 199 for 10 sites. The only thing I wish they did better is to have an Elementor integration and so that you could like, I think it's probably possible to do a custom widget on Elementor where you would just like drag these widgets and then you can just customize the style, the colors, etc. Then it would be quite amazing. Right now, you need to shortcodes and customization is a bit old school. Like you go in the settings and kind of like pick the default colors. Still doable. You can still use custom CSS. You can still do all of that. But it's not as easy as it could be if it was more integrated with page builders. So that's the only thing. Did you check, by the way? I'm still looking right now. According to this, uh, maybe wrong, but it's just you actually just need to have your first three sales done and like gone through that initial approval process which seems a lot lower. I seem to remember it being being higher than that, but you got to keep access as well. I think it's, again, just like a couple sales or something. Yeah, basically, you can sign up with a new account and get API access, but it's available quite early on. But these rules, they change all the time. So if you're listening to this podcast in six months, it might be a bit different. I do remember it used to be different. Okay, the fifth plugin is, this one is like, you could argue it might not be a plugin. It's Optin Monster. That's what we use for pop-ups call to actions that with uh, interstitials, so like pop-ups, scroll mats, slide-ins, you know, hello bars, that kind of stuff. We've tried a lot of solutions as well. I've tried all of them. This one, yeah, like, uh, I've probably tried them all. Like even Mark was like being annoyed because I, I forgot to cancel lead pages and of course they rebuild us. Uh, <laughs> and I've tried them all. And uh, Optin Monster is actually, I didn't love any of them, but I think this one is the best one. Because it's very reliable, it loads on every device, etc. has native integration with Google Analytics, which is really cool in the sense that you can go in Analytics and you can see how many impressions per piece of content of your pop-up there was, how many conversions there was, etc. So it's really good to like break it down and understand which content is generating leads and so on. The A-B testing is also reliable, which for us has made a huge difference being able to A-B test pop-ups is how you triple, quadruple your opt-in rates or your click-through rate to uh, call-to-actions. And actually talking about that, if you're an affiliate that doesn't build an email list, which I know a lot of people don't, they also count link clicks, so like clicking on the button or something as a conversion. So they you can, if you don't build an email list, but you send people to like affiliate products, for example, on your pop-ups, which we do a lot as well, you can count that as conversion and see all that in analytics and so on, and then start optimizing that, start A-B testing against that and just make more money with pop-ups. So for example, one thing that I like doing on reviews is I'll do a product review. And then I put the full price. So for example, you know, I mentioned WP Forms is at like $79 to $299, but they often have a 50% discount. 
So I'd probably, this is the kind of company where you can negotiate a permanent discount for your readers, right? You're like, hey, I'm an affiliate. Can you just run that 50% discount to everyone? So I'd, I'd anchor the price at $79 or to $299 per year under review. And then I'd make an exit pop-up that says, hey, our readers get 50% off. Click here to claim the discount. And people click on the button. And then it sends them to that custom landing page that WP Forms has made for me. And then people are like, because I've anchored the price so high and I'm like, oh, there's a limited time discount, the conversion rate is going to be really high. Most people will just put the discount right off on their review. But I think it, it's the power of this is to anchor the full price and offer the discount. That's what they do. That's why they, they have such a high price. And 50% of the time, they run the discount. And you should use the same in your review. So that's the kind of places where even if you don't build a list, a tool like Optin Monster, especially if you're able to A-B test to optimize your clicks, can be worth it and can make you quite good money, for example. But you can use it in many ways. Like if you sell products on your site, you can use it for cart abandonment. Collecting emails, obviously, that's the number one thing. And there's a lot of options, like depending on the country, depending on the device, depending on if people are in your email list or not. And all these things, you can show different call to action. So you can build some pretty crazy logic. The problem is there's no really cool interface to kind of like see what you have live. You kind of need to map everything in your head or like on your notes. Otherwise, it's quite hard to follow. I do wish, also one thing that really annoys me with Optin Monster, there's two things actually. One is better mobile responsive pop-ups. So like literally, if you check the, the pop-up that you build on desktop and you check it on mobile, 99% of the time it's crap basically. And what you need to do is essentially you need to build a second pop-up that is only for mobile, that just different dimensions so that it works on mobile. It's not a bad thing. It's like, if you want the best results from your pop-up, you should probably have a different pop-up on mobile and on desktop anyway. But most other tools do responsive a lot better than Optin Monster does. So it's a bit of a pain in the ass for that. You will get gains from doing that in the sense that you will have a better experience on mobile because you'll pay more attention to it, but it also is going to take more time to manage the whole thing. And second, the builder is better than it was a few years ago, but it's not, it's like, you know, when you're used to things like Elemental and so on, it's still pretty crappy. So it's it's good enough, but it's still quite restrictive. Like it feels like a optimized price 2.0, like from seven years ago or something. It's kind of good. It has the flexibility. If you're willing to like put the time to deal with the quirks, it's still the most reliable tool for the end user. But as a user of the tool yourself, yeah, sometimes there's going to be a few quirks that you're not going to be very happy with. Uh, the price is nine to forty nine dollars per month. They are the same company as WP Forms, by the way, and they're also the same company as WP Beginner, which is the biggest uh, WordPress site in the world as well. And they also run the same strategy of running like fifty percent discounts most of the time. So again, shop for discounts. Also, Black Friday, they always have a deal, etc. So if you want to buy this, just wait for that. Basically, great way for us to not sell anything in the links in the show notes. By the way, good well, job. We actually had some problems with Optin Monster back in 2014, like some support issues and, and stuff uh, back in our previous company. But they actually, and we we talked about that on Authority Hacker like three or four years ago, and they actually got in touch with us and sort of explained everything and talked us through a number of things. And I think part of it might have actually been our fault. So, you know, if you've heard us say negative things about Optin Monster in the past, like we take that back now, basically. So we use them now. Yeah. Yeah. We use them now. So it's like, I still do better than that, but I still think they can do better. Like that's my opinion. Okay. Let's jump on the next one. And the next one is a really interesting one. If you're selling products, if you're not selling products, you're not going to be that interested in it. Basically it's called card flows. What it does is it's, it's like, on WordPress, if you want to sell stuff, usually WooCommerce is the default option or you use a third party like SimeCart or ThriveCart or something like that, right? 
but like as a default WordPress plugin that does a decent job, it's not really, really basic. It's basically WooCommerce. The problem is WooCommerce checkout is terrible. It's just terrible out of the box. It's not made for conversion. And you will pay a lot of money for WooCommerce despite the fact that it's free because your conversion rate is going to be low. You can change the fields that it requires. You know, it's only built for physical products, that kind of stuff. And so what Cloudflows did is essentially they figured out everything that was frustrating about WooCommerce and just made it disappear. What they allow you to do is they allow you to build complex checkout processes. So with things like order bumps, one-click upsells, like upsell pass, etc., while also plugging in together with your favorite page builder. And so if you use Elementor, it works with Elementor, Beaver Builder, DV, and Thrive Teams. And you're essentially able to completely edit the checkout experience with your regular page builder while using the backend of WooCommerce, which is quite robust and powerful, and having all these things that these expensive software, shopping cart softwares will offer you like these bump offers, like these one-click upsells, like all these things. It's all in there. And you can change absolutely everything. And you can remove fields. You can do all that. You have templates made for you. And it's actually made by the same guys who made Astra. Astra is the WordPress team we use on Atari Hacker. Actually, today, Niall is running a speed test post. So we're actually like uh, testing the speed of like different WordPress teams to see which ones are the best right now. So this should come out soon. But Astra, uh, from other tests I've read around, is one of the best as well. And these guys do a pretty good job technically overall. So A, it's quite new, but it's developing really fast. And it's quite exciting if you're selling on WordPress, basically. If you're selling services, you can sell courses, you can sell products. And anything that works with WooCommerce, so like advanced analytics stuff, A-B testing, that kind of, there's a huge, huge environment for WooCommerce on WordPress. All of this works, actually, together with um Cloudflows, so like you, you're able to piggyback ride all the WooCommerce development and all the page builder development in one place to sell stuff on WordPress. The only thing that I think they're missing is uh, A-B testing, but they're actually building it right now, and more control of uh, upsell and downsell pass, so you can only build one right now. I wish you could build more than that, but uh, it's pretty good. And on top of that, they have a free version that's actually quite usable and quite nice. So if you're using WooCommerce today, probably give a shot to the free version. And then if you want all the features, it's $299 per year, which is very cheap compared to most shopping cart softwares. Most shopping cart softwares, at this point, they start at $99 per month. It's really like a quarter of the price. So I think that's pretty good overall for what they do. I'm not saying they don't have a few quirks, but uh, it's going in the right direction. It's the right people doing it. There's also Adam from WP Crafter uh, managing this thing. And he's really good at like, he gives really good feedback on plugins. So I think they do a good job overall. That's basically selling stuff on WordPress. And while we're on the topic of selling stuff on WordPress, I'm going to take the second plugin, which I think goes together if you're selling products, especially info products. It's LearnDash 3.0. So LearnDash is an LMS learning management system for WordPress. And it's old. It's like 10 years old or something. But it's been completely rebuilt from the ground up this year. Why? Because there was more and more learning platforms coming up, like Udemy, Thinkific, Teachable, all these things with amazing user experience. And essentially, they relaunched the whole course industry, these platforms. And so what LearnDash did is they're like, okay, let's see what's working for these guys. And essentially replicated a similar experience to what you would have on like Teachable, for example. You can build a course site that feels like you're navigating a Teachable site, but without using Teachable's shitty checkout, without being limited by their platform, without being all that, you can just customize your whole WordPress. You can use something like Cloudflows to customize your checkout and so on. And 
essentially keep control of everything on your site while being competitive against the people that use these other platforms. And it does things like tracking the progress per user, progress bars, really, really easy to use navigation, breadcrumbs, etc. And also it's compatible decently with Elementor. It's not perfect, but like I've built custom uh, lesson templates with Elementor on ours and it works pretty well. And it's really fast to install, actually. So it's really powerful if you want to like get into selling info products. And kind of like this interface, it adds so much perceived value to the product. If you have like, like that nice, cool interface, etc., even if your videos are average or something, you can just charge more money for your stuff just because it look nice, looks nice and professional. It's sometimes hard to sort of articulate, but even the difference between version two and version three, it just felt like yeah. so much more modern and, and like a nice place to consume course really yeah it's nice um, from a user's perspective i want to roll out the new um the same interfaces like teachable etc on ours the thing is like we use these custom field things and so we'd need to actually reput the url of the video in the main content area instead of the um, the custom field that's why like it, there's a bit of work to it but i think if we update it's probably we might, we might actually um we might actually do that and actually roll out that interface to uh, HPro and the Autoside system. So yeah, it's really powerful. What's really cool as well is Astra, the WordPress team that I mentioned earlier, actually has uh, built-in customizer settings for the new LearnDash. So if you use these two together, you're actually able to change like all the interface colors, et cetera, within the normal customizer of your team, even in that, that custom like teachable-like interface. So if you use these two together, it's so easy to roll out info products. And now you can have a great checkout experience also on WordPress with Cardflow. So info products are like really much easier to roll out in a nice professional way without paying crazy monthly fees, actually, because LearnDash, it only costs $159 one of for one site. So it's really cheap, actually. Yeah, overall, highly recommend if you're doing courses. Check it out. The only thing I wish they did better is maybe a deeper integration with Elementor where I could, like, you can edit the course content, but you can't do, like, team builder type stuff with Elementor. I wish Elementor did that. That'd be nice if uh, if they integrated with them properly. So that's basically LearnDash. Uh, now we're going to talk about the one thing that everyone cares about, which is uh, site speed. That's the site speed section. And uh, we've done a review of this recently, so it's not going to come as a surprise, but WP Rocket, I tried it like three years ago and I said it was okay but I found a lot of bugs are like you know like your site doesn't look properly etc and that was a bit of an issue just FI WP Rocket is a caching plugin for WordPress but it's kind of like an easy to manage caching plugin like the opposite is like this WTC what's the name exactly W3TC or something uh, WC caching plugin I think well I think something like that but yeah WC total cache that's it this one is uh, is almost as powerful and it's free but like you, you tick with the one wrong box and your whole site just goes to shit. So if you're the person that just wants to boost the site speed of your site, but you don't want to deal with the, the tech, WP Rocket is the kind of plugin that you'd be interested in using. We actually, for the review, we took a site that was not really optimized and we put just WP Rocket on it and just did the basic settings. It went from 4.2 seconds to load on GT Metrics to 2.3 seconds to load on GT Metrics. Just installing WP Rocket. So we almost cut the loading time in half, a little bit less than that. But overall, it was a decent site speed boost and it was really easy just following their wizard, right? So what I like as well is it has a native Cloudflare integration. Cloudflare is the CDN we use. So it's really good to use together with Cloudflare Pro. The $20 version of Cloudflare is really, really good value, actually. It's kind of a new product. It used to be like either free or really expensive Cloudflare, but now they have this cheap like $20 version, $20 one. It's been nice, like the Railgun stuff, etc. has been speeding the site up quite nicely, actually. So if you use them together, it's quite powerful. 
So I'm just going to make a quick list of all like various things it does. I won't do everything. We have a review, so I'll put it in the show notes. But there's mobile and desktop cache management, optimizing your HTML, CSS, JavaScript, so like to compress it and so on, combining fonts, Google fonts, etc., deferring JavaScript, load CSS, like not first but not last so that your page doesn't look like shit when it's loading, lazy loading your media, so like your videos, your images, etc., Disable a bunch of stuff that you don't need, like emojis, et cetera, on WordPress, so the code is lighter. It can preload pages, so basically you open a page and just like all the links on your site, it actually preloads a bunch of elements before people click on the links, so it goes faster when people click on links. It can do regular database cleanups from like comments, post revisions, spam, et cetera. Basically, it does, it's kind of a one-stop shop for sites, basically. The price is $49 per year for one site, $19 per year for three sites, and $249 for unlimited sites. That's not too bad. It's not the cheapest, but if you want to boost your speed and not have to deal with it, not have to pay an expensive dev, etc., do that. If you can't do it, I think it's a good option. The one thing that uh, kind of pisses me off with um, WP Rocket is that there's one thing they don't do that they should do, which is being able to cut... Like when you install plugins on your site, like more plugins, essentially a lot of plugins tend to load files on every page, whether they're used or not, right? So WP Forms is the kind of plugin that will do that. They will load one or two extra files and it's not necessarily big. It's like 20, 40 KB or something per site, per page. But like if you have 10 plugins doing that, it makes your page quite a bit bigger. And so there is ways to cut these plugins off. And that's the next one I'm going to talk about. But I wish WP Rocket could do that. And the next plugin I'm going to talk about is Perf Matters. And that's the second, we basically use three plugins for site speed. So that's the second one. It's a really small plugin. It's paid. It's 25 bucks per year per site. But the main reason I use it is for that script manager. So let's say like we're competing on a really tough search query, but we still use Elementor to build a nice page, etc. So we're not exactly the fastest page in there. You can often make up for that lack of speed by cutting, let's say, your form plugin, by cutting, I don't know, like if you're not using it, like your Facebook pixel, by cutting, what else could you be using? I don't know, but like some stuff that is not being used on this page and that's still load stuff. So Perth Matters allows you to like, it gives you a button on the top bar, on the top admin bar on WordPress and you click on it, it's called Script Manager. It shows you everything that loads and the size of it and everything that's not related to the page that's not used, you can just like disable it and boom, you gain like 100, 200, 300 KB on a page in terms of data to load. And as a result, your page loads much faster and it's much leaner in terms of code. So often doing that, more than makes up for what a page builder will add in page load speed, for example. So I quite like this plugin. It also is, it allows you to disable a bunch of other stuff like Google Forms, Google Maps, Pingbacks, etc. even more than WP Rocket. So I kind of use it together. But the script manager, really, if you're trying to make pages really, really fast, is, is quite powerful. And now the last one for site speed is ShortPixel. Again, we did a test recently on the best image compressor plugins. We'll put all of this in the show notes. By the way, we have links on the podcast notes now, so we don't have to give the URL for the show notes anymore. So just click the link that is in the podcast that you're opening right now, and you'll be able to go to the show notes. Essentially, ShortPixel compresses your image on upload, so it just takes your image. Let's say it's 500 KB, because I tend to do that. I'm like on 4K screens, I take screenshots, and they're just massive. And it's like, oh, it's 3 MB images, no problem. Just drag and drop to WordPress. Well, ShortPixel allows me to do that because it does two things. First of all, it resizes the image on upload. So you can put a maximum size image you want. So I think for us, it's 1,200 by 1,200. So if, no, 1,200 by unlimited height, actually. But the width never gets more than 1,200, which is still less than the width of the blog post anyway. And so what it does is if I have an image that's like 
4,000 because I took a full, a full with screenshot on my 4K screen. Well, that's not a problem because it just resizes it. Then after that, it takes that image and it compresses it. So maybe it's like 500 KB at this point. And it resizes it to sometimes like 20, 30 KB just with the optimization plugin. They have three versions, but the two main ones are uh, lossless and lossy. Essentially, lossless is like try to keep the image pretty much the identical, but make it a bit smaller. Lossy is like lose a little bit of detail, usually not much, but make it much smaller. And usually you want to go for the lossy one, but you probably want to test it. So on some illustrations, etc., it can add some artifacts around. So you need to be a bit careful. But otherwise, yeah, lossy is really where you get a lot of uh, size gains on your images. And finally, it does one last thing, which is it serves images from a CDN like from their CDN to your site, but it also serves it at the right size. So let's say you have an old phone that's like 720p, like low resolution. That phone, it's like there's no point loading a 1,200 pixel with image. It just doesn't fit the screen, right? So what they do is they actually figure out what is your resolution and they resize the image and then send you the image of the right size for your screen for each user through that CDN. And what it does, it sends an even smaller image it essentially makes the page load as fast as possible for each device. So it's quite cool that they do that. And it's kind of the next step of like image optimization. And the even cooler thing with short pixel is that they have regular absolute lifetime deals. So again, we're going to make zero on the affiliate link, but you know what? It's like, that's why people listen. Yeah. So if you want to, if you own this, just wait. AppSumo runs at least twice a year, I think, short pixel. And uh, I think it's like 39 bucks for like a thousand images per month or 2000 images per month, which is usually enough for like running a site, like the kind of site most people that listen to this podcast run. And what I really like about this plugin is like you set it once, you set all your settings and you don't worry about it. You just like make, take screenshots or like whatever, and you just drag and drop your biggest images you want on your site and it just figures it out, resizes it, compresses it, does everything. And it's nice and clean. If you can't wait for AppSumo, the good news is they also do 100 images for free per month if you go and sign up now. And I think they offered us to give us 200 images for free per month to people. So we need to email them. We might try to do that before this podcast is released so we can have this link in there. And otherwise, it's $4.99 for 5,000 images per month. So for me, there's nothing more I wish they could do. They're not the absolute best in compression. I think they came third in the test, but it was really like a tiny difference. So it wasn't really worth going crazy over this. So that's basically short pixel. Let's keep going because this podcast is getting really long. <laughs> the next one is Updraft Plus. Uh, you can see I, li- I like tools a lot. So it's like we do a lot of reviews, guys, but like we really get into it. Updraft Plus essentially allows you, it's kind of like a backup plugin, style as a backup plugin, but it allows you to do a bunch of cool stuff. So you can make a copy of your site in a few minutes. Like it's just like install it and then make a copy of your site. You download the file. You go on, let's say, your new hosting provider. You install Updraft Plus, you upload this file, and boom, your site is moved. You can cut the other one, move the DNS, and you're done. It does regular backups to cloud storage, so like Dropbox, Google Drive, Amazon Web Servers, whatever you want. You can just like regularly make a, a, like, let's say your site gets hacked and your hosting also gets hacked, so they lose all the backups for your site. Probably a good idea to have a backup on your personal Google Drive or Dropbox. So that's pretty cool, and you can say it to be regular, but you can also now do staging sites with it. So you're able to connect two WordPress installs and kind of like have them sync with each other. So if your WordPress hosting provider does not offer staging sites, you can kind of make your ghetto version of a staging server where you can try things on your site and then essentially one click push them to your live site once you're sure that uh, it's not going to break anything. So I think that's pretty cool. They have a free version, but if you, I think if your site is bigger than a certain amount of pages or a certain amount of uh, megabits, then you're going to have to buy the paid version. 
I think it's cheap. I think it's like $88 per year for the first year, then $50 per year after that. So if, if you're having a cheap hosting that doesn't have staging, et cetera, like essentially it kind of makes up for that. Plus you have regular backups and so on, and you don't rely on them. So if they fuck it up, like you, it's like, it's not on them basically. So that's, that's kind of nice. So that's Updraft. Then the next one is a big one, but we're not, like we could almost do a whole podcast on SEO plugins. It's an interesting one. So we use SEO Press Pro. I would say that SEO Framework is a good contender for the best plugin in that as well. It's kind of a tool that are really good right now. Like things like most people use Yoast still, but Yoast has fucked up so many times in the past three, four years. I'm just not willing to trust them anymore. They're just trying. And Yoast is the kind of company that like it was better three years ago. Like the, the Yoast free plugin had more options three years ago than it has now. And as time passes, they just remove options or like they move them to pay. It's really expensive. It's by far the most expensive. I think it's like 60. I, I don't want to say something wrong. So I'm going to check right now. But I think it's like 60, 70 bucks per year per site. If I remember. Use premium. How much do you cost? 79 euros per year. Yeah. So I was right for one site. By comparison, for one site. By comparison, SEO price that we use is $39 per year for unlimited sites. So a lot cheaper if you have more than one site. One thing that I like as well is that SEOpress does schema. I think yours just added it, but SEOpress has a lot of them. So like our star ratings, we do it from them. You can put FAQ schemas as well. You can do all this stuff that a lot of people have talked about recently. It also allows you to, of course, manage your metadata, so title tags, no follow, meta description, et cetera, et cetera. Index, no index for a page. It does your sitemap. You can install analytics with it, but we don't use that. Uh, you can have the cookie consenting. You should be careful because they block some affiliate cookies if you if you use it. So be careful, but it can can find broken links on your site. And we also use it for social meta tags. So like you know, when you share an article of ours on on Facebook or on Twitter or something like this, it's not going to take the title of the article. It's not going to take the title tag. It's going to take a title we wrote for social media. And so this is what it does. And Essentially, the way we write titles for social media is so that they get the most click possible. So like on, in search, we try to have our keywords in there. For the title of the article, like the H1, we try to you know make it as descriptive as possible and usually quite long, too long for social media. And for social media, we make it within the lens of like Facebook and Twitter snippet, but we make it very clickbaity because when people share article, we get more clicks that way. So it allows you to do that, which is a direct gain in traffic, basically, if you do that. So uh, I like it. I think it's, it's worked well for us. Uh, I would say I tried SEO framework as well. I think it's almost equally good. I think it's it was missing schema at the time I tested it, which is why I stuck with um with SEO Press. And there was a few other things I was checking when we did tests, and I, I liked SEO Press better personally. So yeah, that's basically this. It's free. There's a free version as well. That's really good. So you can start with a free version, and then if you have multiple sites, only nine dollars per year. It's quite affordable, to be honest. Two more left, and I'll leave you the last one, Mark. But I'll do the last this one. Because this one is quite technical and nerdy, and that's uh, Google Tag Manager for WordPress. So if you don't use Google Tag Manager because you're wearing a Team Foyer right now and you're worried that Google's going to steal all your data, they have it anyway. So it's not going to change much. Like if you're using Chrome, if you're using an Android phone or anything, they just have it anyway. Uh, Google Tag Manager is a really good way to deploy any kind of marketing tags on your site. So we even deploy Optin Monster with it. We deploy Facebook ads, Google ads. Help scouts chat on our sales page, any kind of like scarcity stuff where we track deadlines for people, et cetera. We deploy through that. A lot, a lot of things we deploy through Google Tag Manager. It's a great way to deploy the marketing codes you need. 
on the right pages. So you don't load all these codes on all pages. You can do all the triggers, etc. But what this plugin does, you don't need a plugin to use Tag Manager. You could just put uh, Google Tag Manager's JavaScript in there and that'd be fine. But what this plugin does is, so you also deploy your analytics through that, but it also feeds more data to analytics, more WordPress data to analytics. So it feeds who is the author, what was the published date, what is the tags of the article, what is the category of the article, etc. And what it allows you to do is then to look at your performances based on these things. So for example, if I go in Google Analytics, I can say, oh, I want to see like every post that is tagged a review, single product review. I want to see the traffic, the conversions, et cetera, on this. And I'm able to slice and dice my data automatically from what this plugin does because it passes all these layers of data to our Google Analytics through Tag Manager and through that plugin. And so if you're getting a little bit into analytics and if you want to understand which parts of your sites are growing and which parts are shrinking, sometimes you know your, your traffic is flat, but it's not flat. It's like some parts are growing and some parts are shrinking equally. And you just don't see it if you just look at your overall traffic. What you need to see is like which sections of your site. Like if you also if you have a lot of pages, you can't just look at a few pages. You need to look at like groups of pages together. So if you tag them properly in WordPress, and you pass this on to analytics through Google Tag Manager for WordPress, then you're able to actually see all that stuff, and that's quite good and powerful. And it's a free plugin. You don't need to pay for it. Just search for Google Tag Manager for WordPress, and that's it. All right, that was my last one. I know, Mark, you have one more, so I'll let you take that one. Take it away. The last one I want to add in is WP Export All, sorry, WP All Export, which is a plugin which allows you to highlight parts of your WordPress database. It could be from posts, from comments, from pages, basically anywhere, and select which of those fields you want to pull out. Could be things like post ID, URL, the actual content, the author name, all this kind of stuff, and then export it in a nice spreadsheet. The reason this is really useful is when you're doing site migrations, this comes in very, very, very handy. When we moved had the Health Ambition site like a year and a half ago, I think it was, we basically rebuilt the site from the ground up with a new database. And we had to match up the old... So there was two ways it came in handy here. One is the post ID of the comments didn't match... Uh, of the old comments didn't match the new one. So we had to like manually figure out which was supposed to go where and remap it. This is how we came across this tool. We also use it when we were identifying whether we set up all the domain redirects correctly. So when you do a site migration, the last thing you want is for old URLs, which had links or which had some kind of uh, SEO juice to just be dead and not be redirected anywhere or not match up with, with new posts. Because we were doing so much in terms of removing some content, merging some content at the time, it was, it was a little bit complicated. But having this allowed us to run through the old site we would export that database and then and the new site, and then we could like match things up and see what was missing, and then take action accordingly. We we found I think it was about ten or twelve pages that we we hadn't done correctly from from that. So really good plugin if you're doing site migrations. There's a free version, and that is just about good enough to do most of what you need to do. So yeah, fair enough. Yeah, so we're going to try something new this time. I'm going to ask people to tweet us at Atari Hacker if there is any plugin that we should have put in there and that we forgot. We are 55 minutes in the podcast right now, so that is a pretty long one this time. Uh, but as you can see, we're pretty nerdy about all the tools we use, and that's just WordPress plugins. That's probably like a, not even a third of the stuff we use. 
uh, on a daily. So yeah, that's basically it. Guys, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. We put all the URLs to the tools we mentioned in the show notes. So we are putting the show notes link in the podcast description so you can just click on it and you can go and get the links to all these things if you want some of them i told you just wait for the discounts we'll put the affiliate links anyway we might buy a few coffees from that but thanks for listening guys and uh, we'll see you next week for another episode bye